gorgeous listeners. Welcome back to Throwing Shade with Miriam and Alan. Super excited to have you back. Alan, what's up? How's it going? Baruch Hashem. Okay. Yeah. I should stop expecting a different answer, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear it. All right. Um, I'm also less glad to hear that there are like a million cicadas outside, but hopefully that's not coming through. I'm yeah. convinced they're demons. Are they? Uh, no. No. They're cicadas. <laughs> I'm not sure you know that. I think you're winging it. <laughs> oh, I walked right into that one. In our last episode, <laughs> we start explore, started exploring this text. Um, Alan, what is the text that we're looking at? Okay, so we're looking at the Gemara in Masechtas Chagiga. Yep. Daf Tezayin Amar Aleph, which is... Which is in English. Which is the tractate of of holidays, Chagiga, I guess is how you would translate it. I don't... I'm not excellent with that but um uh it's page 16 uh leaf side a great yeah and we were talking about the ways in which shadim are like the malachim are like the angels and we came up with there are three ways that are talked about in the in this particular piece of gemara and they are you want to give our listeners a quick recap sure the three ways in which the Shadim are like the ministering angels, are that they, A, um, they have uh, wings. Right. Like the Malachim. Yes. They have uh, the ability to transmigrate, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. the, to uh, from one side of the universe to the other. Right. Like the Malachim do. Yes. And the last freaky one is about seeing the future. Correct. Okay, cool. So... Now we're moving on to the second half of this interesting piece of Gemara where the rabbis are discussing the three ways in which Shadim are like humans and not just like our exes or whatever, but like all humans. Right. right. <laughs> that took me a second. So <laughs> you got there, though. and I appreciate that. So um, what so take us there, Alan. What what are the three ways in which um, Shadim are like humans? OK, so it says the Gemara, Shleisha Kivne Adam. The three are they eat and drink like human beings. They like to party. I respect that. Okay. Great. Um, keep in mind, by the way, this is as opposed to the Malachim. So we're also learning about the Malachim here that they do right. not eat and drink. Right. And we talked about in a previous episode about how when uh, Jews traditionally say the standing prayer, we stand with our feet together in mm-hmm. order to be like angels who only have one foot. And um, not eating or drinking is another way to kind of embody that angelic stance. So like on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, when we're not eating or drinking for a really long time. That's also a way of kicking it like the angels. Correct. Yeah. Parin uravin, kivne adam, they multiply like humans do. Ah, like puruvu. Correct. Uh, multiply and, and fill multiply. the be fruitful and multiply and right. fill the earth, kind of the, which is the commandment that's given to Adam and Chava, to Adam and Eve, right. and also Noah. So it's the same combination of verbs. Correct. That's interesting. Um, are they commanded to? It's, like, it's just it's, it's populate. Just, uh, are the shadim commanded to populate? Yeah, yeah. Because no. it seems like we're kind of helping that out. We talked about before about how like every time that we you know, do something we're not supposed to do. We're creating demons. Well, I will refer you and our listeners to one of our episodes about Shadim and mitzvahs mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the sense of, you know, the mitzvahs exist and 
Right. Uh, you know, and they're real. They're everywhere. They're external. <laughs> no, mitzvahs are internal. That's right. an inside joke. Oh, whoa. And an insight. <laughs> there are so many levels of meta going on there. I'm not even going to get it. Okay, great. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, so they eat and drink and they multiply. They multiply so these are in, sort in, of the like the that, basic in the ways that humans do. They, they have sex. And, okay. And so these are kind of like basic and biological functions. Like these are the things you learn about for like what makes something a living thing. Well, and then a, a, the third one would go very much in line with that philosophy. Which is what is it? Umesim kivnei adam. And they die like And people. they die? Yes. What um, happens when they die? The, <laughs> what happens when people die, Miriam? <laughs> You're going to have to have this conversation well, with our kids at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't. No. <laughs> you know, our older child. <laughs> we See, now we have to back up and be like, we're married and we have two children. And right. like, there are people who listen to this podcast who are not our parents. And now they know that. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. but we have an older child who <laughs> at one point, like stepped on an ant and then looked at me and looked at the ant and looked at me and looked at the ant and said, the ant fell down. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, the ant fell down. <laughs> you, you said that? I was, a, the ant did fall down. <laughs> he was two. I wasn't ready to talk okay, about that right, with okay. him. Two, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> someday, someday, when he goes to college. Okay, cool. Right. So wait, so, okay, so they're eating and drinking. They're multiplying um, in the in the way that humans do. And they're, uh, and they die. Yes. Okay. Um, and Toysfus has uh, some interesting things to say about all this. Okay, so this is another sort of generation of commentators. Right. It's all in the Talmud. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Toysfus says uh, like this. Hold on. Toysfus knows that there's two more things that Shadim do that are like humans. Why weren't they also counted? Oh. Is Toysfus' question. Yeah. Um, Toysfus is keeping track. Right. That yeah. Those two are that they, sh- they sleep like people. Oh. And they excrete like people. Um, okay. So other like qualities of living things. I'm sort of remembering like middle school science. Okay. Well, so, but hold on because there are, it, it's an excellent question and an excellent point, but t- I think learning Tysphus here will help us understand a little bit deeper your question. Miriam. Okay. Um, because, uh, uh, Tysphus answers his own question, which happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he's, his point is to bring out, wait, we also know that Shadim do these two other things. They sleep and they excrete. Right. So what's um, the deal? Why weren't they, why aren't they in counted? the original list? So he says... The, it would throw off the balance of the list. Well, I, I think mean, it, you need three and three. Well, that's one thing. But I also think it's interesting that Tysphus knows this. And right. And he's teaching it to us. Right. And right. Because um, you have to remember he's, you know many, many, many hundreds of years after yeah. the codification of the... Well, it's like my question about knowing that demons, like, eat blood. Where are you getting this information? Right? Right. Um, so where is this question coming from? Why does Tosafot know this? <coughs> so there are probably many places, many reasons he could know this. My... Uh, for the reason of time, I'll just mention the 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 thing that makes me... Um, I guess my favorite reason, uh, (laughs) if that's a thing, is that you have to remember, again, the world in which all of these people were living, the medieval European um, 
you know, world. Milieu. Milieu, right? Yeah. Um, was, I mean, shading was just, a, it was just a part of their right. lives. Right. You know, um, you had to experience it and that's the best way to learn. And so like, hmm. um, I think Tysus was coming at this from a, a place of, oh, of course, shading excrete and of course, shading sleep. Um, we know this because it's around us all the time. Right. And we we experience it. Right. Yes. And as we know, Tosfo ran a Howard Johnson's and was, you know, like, <laughs> no. do those exist anymore? No. You know but what? Let's 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 take a moment and and take a break and we'll come back to that. Ah, But his question, Miriam. Oh, you can wait. Poor Alan has been left <laughs> with a with Tosafot's question about these extra qualities of demons. So lay it on us. What is it? So right. So Tosafot's answer is that um, they yes they sleep. Sleep can be included in dying, and mm-hmm. we know that because elsewhere in the Gemara, di- it's about uh, sleep being one sixtieth of death. Correct. Yeah. Right. Um, for humans. Right. Yes. Right. Um, and and excreting similarly is included in eating when we say that they eat and drink. OK, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, it was it's like a merry anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good answer. Right. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and but there's more, which is that. Um, and this is more to the point of your earlier question, Miriam, about the difference between shading and people and how and also just regular living things yeah is that later on uh shadim are compared to ways in which they are like animals as opposed to humans oh and sleeping and excreting are counted as ways shadim are like animals Hmm. um and so that you know sort of brings forward the question of of uh you know so hold on what about pruravu what about multiplying right um and you know uh well i wonder if it's a matter of kind of the intentionality behind it because when it comes to humanity like we were saying pruravu right Mm -hmm. is a being fruitful and multiplying is a commandment it is something that not mm-hmm. that we don't that, you know, we're sort of biologically driven to do, but we're also like it's also a mitzvah. It's also something Correct. that we're that, you know, God is telling us like, hey, <laughs> you should go do this. Right. Right. Well, something to ponder, by the way, is that the mitzvah of Pruravu, halachically, and maybe this is this should be, I think, part of our larger conversation now of why this all really matters Um I think it's important to remember that the mitzvah of Puravu halakhically only applies to human men. Right. Or to, to men, right? Yes, um, I've heard this. <clears throat> right. There are many reasons for that. Um, uh, which, so if you're going to use the argument of Puravu is a mitzvah, mm-hmm. and so there's, therefore there's some intentionality, um, you have to ask yourself, like, we know that it's not possible for every person, man or woman, right, to yeah. have children. There's an added layer that both it's a gendered mitzvah and something that just not everyone is capable of or interested in. Correct. Um, so what does that what does that mean for the demon set? 
Well, my point, I think, is that you can't talk about intentionality even in this case. Hmm. Like, like, like if, you, if you're saying pruravu is a mitzvah, so, you know, that's what separates pruravu from eating and, and drinking or from sure. dying, right? I think there's got to be, I'm not sure that, that it follows. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, fair. So I guess my bigger question about all of this is why have this list at all? Right. Why have a list where you're comparing these this class of creatures to, um, you know, to those beings on high that are hanging out with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that are hanging out with with God and to and to us? Like, what is the what is the value of this conversation? So back to there's, I think, lots of value to it. But Mm -hmm. just for a brief moment, I want to go back to considering the world in which Toysfus and Rashi and most of Jewish history <laughs> existed. Right. So can we um, put some, can we put some just like quick parameters on that? About what year are we talking? Um, Taisvis and Rashi were, uh, if I get this right, around twelfth century, early thirteenth right, century. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, we're talking <laughs> about uh, Central slash Western Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. And uh, uh, what's now France area, between France and Germany kind of area. Great. Um, Yeah. And um, they, right. So they were, they were living in this world and where again, Shadim are a part of their daily lives in very Mm -hmm. real ways. So point A is really Tysus and all of these commentaries, including um, the Gemara itself, as we've seen many times, addresses the point of Shadim, um, are really addressing an audience that is trying to understand this reality of their daily lives, the, the Shadim. Mm-hmm. And so if they're trying to understand it, here's, here are some attempts at explaining it. And um, mm-hmm. so that's, and again, this is most of Jewish history. They were thinking about their own generation, but also future generations, many, many, many future generations. Mm-hmm. So from a historical context, I, I, I think it's important to remember that. Right. So and, if you're and, and not really envisioning a time when, when uh, a time like ours where right. this, like we've talked about, like a hyper-rational version of Judaism prevails. Right. Right. So if you're living in a world in which the operating assumption is that demons are real everywhere, external, and always doing their thing, then um, one of the ways to explain them is to say, like, take these two other things that are familiar mm-hmm. and, you know, put them together and this is what you get, um, which is a which is, is the way that, you know, we explain a lot of our lives. You know, it's it's the Uber for blah or whatever, right, right. <laughs> you know, like this. It sort of feels like the equivalent of like. You're familiar with humanity, right? You've met other people and know that they do these things. And right. you're familiar with malachim from, from davening, from praying, or whatever it is. And so take these qualities and squish them together. And that gives you a better understanding of these other actors that are um, influencing our lives in ways that we don't always like or understand. Right. However, I hate that answer. Um <laughs> Right. Really? Yes. How so? Well, because um, your question really points to, your question of why do we care about all this really points to why is it relevant? And that's a super important question. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because the the Gemara, the, all the Talmud, every every piece of Torah is relevant to us every day of our lives and every generation till the end of time. Mm. So, with that, I would ask you, Miriam, why is it important to you to learn about Shadim? That is such a big question, and we have to take a break. Of course we do. <laughs> We're recording this week's episode a little bit early because I have to be out of town for work for a while and I have Havdalah on my mind, that ritual that (laughs) separates uh, Shabbat, the day of rest, from the other days of the week. And it's one of my favorite rituals because, as I told my son's class at one point, you have to do it with your whole face. Um, (laughs) You use your eyes to see certain things. You use your nose to smell things. Um, you have to sing things, you have to hear things, like you have to use all of your senses in order to taste. Uh, taste. Yes, exactly. Um, so you have to use your whole face in order to really appreciate Havdalah. But my question for you, Alan, is does it demon? Is there stuff in the Havdalah ritual that has to do with our our buddies, the Shadim? Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> And I'll add to this that one thing that I remember I read Rashi's Daughters, that Maggie Anton novel about the daughters of the sage Rashi. Um, and at one, and she did all of this amazing research into the time period. And one of the things in that book is they are doing a Havdalah ceremony at one point and talk about like smelling the spices in order to cover up the smell of the sulfur from hell, basically, because the demons are like hanging out after Shabbos. And maybe going home and it stinks. Is this a thing? Yep. All right. It does, demon. <laughs> um, so, yes. Score. So, so uh, yeah. Um, let me start by uh, acknowledging uh, Maggie Anton's uh, correct source there. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I don't have all of my sources offhand. This is part of the thing with the, like, you know, does it demon or question or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The segment of the show. We'll get there. Um, right. I, I, I bring it up because I do hope to do an episode about this at some point. Yeah. Uh, however, I will just mention a few brief things. Um, the su- smelling the s- the spices at the at Havdalah serves a number of purposes. Mm-hmm. One is indeed the one that a lot of us get taught, which is that during Shabbos we. At the beginning of Shabbos, we get endowed with a, 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 a an additional soul, I guess you could say. It's a twofer. And, right. It's BOGO day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and so when Shabbos leaves uh, on Saturday night, right. Havdalah, um, it's a uh, it's a form of death. The soul leaves us. That's, yeah, that's there's some the separation of anxiety death. there. Yeah, right. So, so the, the the spices are there to help revive us in body. Oh wow, like um, smelling salts. Correct. I hadn't um, thought about it like that. It's also there. It's also there. It's also there as uh, uh, as a reminder of Shabbos itself. Shabbos is a main or lamhaba, which means it's a taste of the next life. Sure. And um, which in, has to smell good in the next world. In the next, in next existence, uh, we humans, but all, all you know, uh, beings who exist beyond this world, um, uh, don't sustain. We don't sustain ourselves, uh, except for God, of course. We don't uh, sustain ourselves. <laughs> who is always the exception? <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, we can't speak of God in positive. Uh, Different podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, 
we, we, we went when after 125 years, when we've gone on to the next world, mm-hmm. we um, sustain ourselves uh, not through eating food, but through smells. Mm. Smell is a nice. uh, is a as a spiritual form of sustenance. Right. So, and scientifically how we taste a lot of our food anyway. Oh, interesting. Yeah. People that who can't sense. smell don't actually taste that much. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, right. It's, it's the mirror of everything else in this world, right? Anyway. Sure. Um, so uh, there's that. The other points to mention, which I think are important, are there is the, there's a Gemara in Sachim that mentions that Shabbos is particularly one of the two days a week that uh, demons are most prevalent there's mm. there's two nights there's uh, two two days mm-hmm. um but demons mostly are are out at night these are angels of destruction really 180,000 of them uh-huh. um on tuesday nights and on uh and on friday nights shabbos and then uh throughout the whole day wait and tuesday um yeah okay yeah uh that's another podcast episode it's a fascinating story yeah the whole thing about it um, but, uh, so, so the point being that Shabbos is a day when, when Shadim are especially prevalent. Mm. And so at the close of Shabbos, the Shadim need to go back to Gehenna. Right. You don't have to stay here. Right. So in order for them to get there. You don't have to, to go home, but you can't stay here is what I meant to say. Okay. Yeah. And I was just agreeing with you because I'm in the middle of my thought. Right. But anyway. <laughs> um, um, right. So they, uh, in order to get back to Gehenna at the end of Shabbos, the gates of Gehenna have to open up, and that releases this and it stinks. Smell right. Um, I will also just mention that there is a little bit of that extra um, Shabbos at the end that the Shadim are still kind of around. That they're on. They're like in. Con- they're like um, in transit on the way to Gehenna uh-huh. that you have to be extra careful about. And so the the sages warn us not to be so quick right at the end of Shabbos to go run and start oh. doing malacha, start doing non-Shabbos dick stuff. Um, and uh, so like to take a little while, relax, you know, still mm. stay with Shabbos as long as you can, even if you're really not feeling it, just, you know, you know, but really, you should be feeling it. Really, you should love Shabbos so much you don't want it to end. Yeah, yeah, obviously. And then, yeah. but if not, even still, like for your own protection, <laughs> just you know, stay with Shabbos for as long as you can afterwards. That's a great place to take a break. Okay. So, shade throwers, that's all the time that we have. Um, thanks for joining us for this episode. Go. Your action item is to go smell something sweet. That'll make uh. you happy. Yeah. Yeah, you all smell amazing. Like if it's the roses. right stuff, say a bracha. There you go. That's true. There is a blessing that you can say over nice smelling things, which is kind of a cool thing to do. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We will see you next week on another edition of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Catch you all later. Bye.